Welcome to this week's Silk Grassroots Podcast. Big interview. Hashtag stay strong. Brought to you by the Down to Play app. Keep it simple. Get Down to Play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHark. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHark on Google Play or visit our website at matchhark.com. Truly a great match. MatchHark. Welcome to Selk Grassroots, the podcast network that's bringing you the big interview series, How To. This is a summer series of podcasts bringing you information on how to run your club, how to enjoy grassroots football and any other information that may be helpful uh, for making grassroots football more enjoyable. These podcasts are sponsored by Magpie Recruitment, Board and Sports Youth, Match Arc, Skipper Sportswear, Grassroots Football, GRF, at NJPGD, Graphic Design, and the Down to Play app. All of our awards at the end of the season are sponsored by Awards FC. Let's get on with it. So back after a week off due to some personal issues for myself, we are back with the How To uh, big interview series, uh, the summer series of podcasts. This week is How To run or manage a Sunday league team. We've had the sponsors chat. We've had the referee chat. Got that one out of the way. Uh, And now we're on to how to run a Sunday league team. Uh, Again, I must um, say at the beginning of this recording, uh, the two guests that we've got on are not professing to have all the answers or to run their club the best way or anything like that. But they are both extremely experienced people. That doesn't mean they're old, by the way, but they're both experienced people at running Sunday League clubs and they've still got clubs um, to talk about with some history or uh, in in one of the cases, just recently moved um, from a newer team to an ex- uh, a, a long-standing club uh, and has started uh, a, a representative team for uh, one of the more famous clubs in South East London. I'm joined tonight by Dan from Clapham Wanderers, the the writer of the worst puns for our prediction <laughs> for our predictions show uh, on the Sunday League show as part of the Southern Sunday um, coverage. Welcome, Dan. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm good, thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for joining me. And okay. Paul Ray. Uh, Paul is part of our um, Selk Eleven and a long-standing friend of the podcast, formerly of um, the Peoples, uh, the YouTube charity team, uh, recently. Uh, branched out on his own uh, to go uh, under the Borden Sports uh, umbrella, part of um, the Selk Football family, uh, Borden Sports, Mark Dolby and all the people over there. Uh, many people will know about their history, uh, but Paul taking his team um, last year, Division 3 or 2 winners of the Met League. Paul? Uh, yeah, Div 2 of the Met League winners, um, luckily enough. And yeah, New venture this year, and thank you very much for the introduction. But yeah, new venture this year, moving from the Peoples on to Balden. 
not not I, I don't mean to make this sound disrespectful to the people's, but not really a tough decision moving to uh, a board and sports with people like Mark Dolby uh, driving the club, uh, one of the most successful teams in our area in the recent, well, in in the last twenty years in South East London, board and sports they've done it all. Uh, not much of a tough decision, I bet, Paul. Um, no, um, it, I mean, part wise, it was tough to leave people's as well. Yeah, kind yeah. of got my name known probably within the local area, but sort of moving forward, uh, working with a stabilized club like Borden, who, if they've been around for years, stability, the way they integrate, you know, it's a chance for us as Borden rather than the people's. Um, so yeah, it was, it's a good opportunity, and I can only thank sort of Mark and everyone at Borden for sort of bringing us in. That's your introduction, Dan. Just your introductions, perhaps. I don't know who listens to these um, big interviews, but the Southern Sunday, quite a new, um, quite a new uh, addition to the Sunday League show. Although most of last season, really, um, the league was covered. Uh, but Clapham Wanderers, quite vocal and quite <coughs> visible on social media, but perhaps people don't know too much. Uh, about you just give us a quick uh, introduction about yourself and the club uh, right yeah I'm a, a teacher uh, going forward so I so must say I quite like, I didn't realize that Paul was from the um, people's yeah and there's uh, I used to quite like their sort of bits on Twitter and what they sort of stood for and stuff so yeah I was quite like nice one good work there mate um, yes. Paul was yeah. a driving force behind setting the peoples up. As oh, really? said, often didn't get the credit he deserved um, for all yeah. of the work that he did behind the scenes for the peoples. I know Kai and and the guys over there take the plaudits and 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 rightly so. Um, but Paul also was a, was a quiet grafter behind the scenes and uh, didn't quite get the, the credit he deserved at times. Um, but Paul, uh, I know Kai credits you a lot for uh, the work you did over there. Sorry, Dan. Oh no, it's it's good. I was going to say the same thing as you. Like it's good, good what they did. I'm pleased when you said that actually. Um, but yeah, no, I just started Clapham Wanderers with a couple of mates that were uh, playing seven aside with me. Said, oh, I might think of starting eleven aside. I said, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of that. And I uh, just jumped in and sort of yeah, been going four years now. And, Successful uh, club. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, we won. We went up once, and unfortunately went down <laughs> once. <laughs> but uh, it's the first time I went down and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, all part of it, isn't it? Nice. It's all part of the Sunday League experiences. Yeah, you have someone's to. Someone's got to. Someone's got You have to experience the lows to um, benefit from the highs, perhaps. And uh, yeah, you'll be back next year. So, boys, this is hot topic at the moment. We're seeing lots of teams struggling for goalkeepers. It seems across um, mm. Sunday League football, um, and obviously we've been joined uh, as a partner by a, a, a app called Matchark, who seem to be. Uh, putting themselves about and getting involved with lots of clubs uh, with the sole aim of helping clubs re um, recruit players. Um, I know, Paul, your team is built. You've just said you're both built from um, friends, essentially. Um, but, Dan, let's start with you, sorry. When it comes to retaining players from last year um, and recruiting players, obviously you mentioned the relegation. I don't know if that puts if that has put any of your players off. Uh, do you know the, the only thing that I did put off right, one of the guys at the, towards the end of last? I think it was before that last game. He said to me, "We're not going to have an awards night if we get relegated, are we?" And I was like, "Of course we fucking are." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to. If we didn't, what would that? What message would that have been sending? If I'd have been, "Ah, oh, no, it's not work," you know, that was 
it's Sunday league. It's not even if it was Saturdays, you'd be want to be doing the same. But yeah, no, that, that that was the relegation thing. It didn't. It didn't. No one left because we got relegated at all. And um, if anything, we kind of let go of players more than we more than leave us. Mm-hmm. Um, more because of kind of attitudes towards the game more than anything. Okay. I know you're ref friendly, uh, outwardly ref friendly on mm-hmm. um, social media, which is fantastic. And I must admit, that's probably the first time that I, I caught like Clapham Wanderers as a as a club when I saw you supporting referees and and all that stuff. And obviously, um, we've spoken um, since then, and and you've become part of the podcast contributing contributing team. Uh, but yeah. when you look at when you look at recruiting players going forward, what sort of What's the what's the tactics? How do you go about recruiting players? Obviously, you've let people go, bad attitudes, obviously done something in a game that you haven't been pleased with or done something in a group chat that's put yeah. you off them. How do you go about recruiting players? That's the simplest way is just saying to anyone, got any mates, bring them along. Okay. <laughs> or watch, watch them for a game or two, you know anyone bring them on. But actually, really weirdly, I guess it might be the sort of, you know, the social media parts and stuff, but I get quite a lot of, just text messages from numbers. I don't know. People saying, oh, hi, my name's Mark. I've just come back from uni, play left back, looking for a team. And I get lots of them through, I reckon, about 20 a year from sort of random people. And I sort of have to say a lot of the time, we're quite full. Um, but recruiting in the first place, it was me and two others that started the team, Gift, who's the current secretary, and Joe, who sort of plays for us now. He was my assistant. Basically, we sort of grabbed a chunk of each other's friends yeah. and brought them together. Mm-hmm. And that first season was really like about that kind of banter. We all went pub. We all didn't mind when people said it was all really good. The feeling was good. And then obviously things drop off. Other yeah. people get bought in that aren't, that are friends of those people that we bought in. And um, yeah, it becomes a little bit more disjointed and a little bit more. You have to work harder in terms of team morale and stuff. Um, I was going to say, Paul, I'm going to nip, nip this question over to you. When you do recruit players, maintaining that core sort of feel of the club is so important it's so easy as as Dan said to say yes come to all these players and these text messages that you're receiving from randoms where you put your where you put your mobile number on team finder or whatever many years ago and people still text you years later maintaining that core of um, that core feeling is quite an important thing especially for the founder members of teams like yourselves Uh, I know Paul you're bringing you've I mean, you've retained quite a few of the boys from the peoples and the nucleus um, of that team uh, will be um, ex um, the people's players. Is is keeping that ethos, that club mantra, that feeling in the club important, even at Sunday League? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got to say, I'm lucky with the players I've got around me. Um, the Last year when I took over the team, a couple of the players from the old people's first team come with me and I sort of revamped the reserve team and brought players in from that I played with on a Saturday, friends I used to play with on Sundays. Yeah. We're not a young team, but a you know, middle to oldish team. Errol's um, old, by the way. Everyone <laughs> uh I'm the oldest forty four. Oh, that is old. That's you know, me. but then we got sort of yeah, that's very old. And then we got <laughs> mo- most probably mid mid thirties. Oh, they're young. Early thirties. Yeah, so Thank but you. they've all <laughs> they've all sort of they've all if you see <clears> group <throat> chat, I actually I wouldn't want anyone to see the group chat. Um, yeah. It you would have thought they've known each other since school. 
you know, and I've kept everyone. We've all said, yes, we all want to play next year. No one's left. Uh, one person was humming hiring because he wanted to concentrate on his Saturdays, which fair play to him. Go enjoy. Mm. And it happens to be a goalkeeper as well. So yeah. we'll go with that in a minute, yeah. Of course but, it is. You know, but I've had people of players that said, oh, can we come and join? I've turned around and said no, because I've had the nucleus of players, 22 players, all come over. You know, I struggle to put 16 out on a match day, let alone have 25, 30 to let yeah. down. Mm. Um, but they've all come over, such such good people. And, yeah, I'm quite lucky. You know, goalkeeper situations like anyone. I'm lucky enough to have Jim Kenny. You know, oh, don't mention his name on this podcast, please. Oh, sorry, you know, um, he, uh, a goalkeeper, then you know, when he, <laughs> he's, he's my mate, by and, the way, I don't want to you know, upset, <laughs> I don't want to upset anyone. I know. <laughs> um, and then obviously, the, the other youngsters, you know, his team just got moved into the Kent County and he wants to concentrate on his Saturdays. Fair play to him, give yeah. him a chance, but you know. Everyone has all moved over, and everyone's all bought into the sort of the way we're going to run the the team within the club. Nice one, Dan. When you were sort of before you hit that good little run at the end of last season, and and yeah. the little light, the little light at the end of the season, the little light at the end of the tunnel looked like you could have <clears throat> saved yourselves. How how sort of what's the mentality when you think you get you're getting rid of players? Um, and regardless of quality, obviously you've just you just decided that that personality doesn't fit the team. How mm-hmm. sort of how do you stop yourself just getting just reacting and getting and getting players in to try and save that relegation? Or is it is this? It's no, not that's never thought. been that's never even a thought. That's never been part of what we're about. Someone could say, oh, "I've got a mate play Saturdays. He's top tier. He'll bag you four goals." Mm. I would not let someone like that just walk in ahead of those that have been ill. See, it's just it's just never how we've been. If he played, come off happy to come off the bench two games in a row. Let the others see that he's good, that he wants to be part of it. No, that that just that was never going to happen. But in terms of that, like it actually was getting rid of those better players that got that little upturn at the end. The morale was for the four years we've had now the worst it had been during that. Mm. mid part of the season it wasn't because of results it was because of certain attitudes of certain players and one was a really really talented Saturday lad really really good at I gave him so many chances because I saw a lot in him I'm, I'm a teacher at heart as well and I saw this kind of vulnerability in him and this kind yeah. of I wanted to I wanted to make him help him and make help his Saturdays because of how he reacted on Sundays I couldn't do it in the end and I think I spent almost too long on it in hindsight, trying mm. to sort of help that. And it, it wasn't good for the, the, the team. And uh, yeah, once him and a couple of others had gone, that's when our results turned up. So we had w- almost worse players on paper, but the morale was so much better. Those last three wins on the spin, you know, says it all really. A lesson learned for me as well. Eh? How important is that at some, you know, we hear about, uh, we know Saturday football is Saturday football. So I sort of keep the two, very separate, but in Sunday league, how important is still sort of maintaining that mate sort of unit or that mate aspect of Sunday football? Generally, it'll be the more, uh, more people probably say probably play play Sunday football than Saturday football. I'm going to throw a, that probably wrong, but it feels like it's more accessible to a more sort of ta- uh, people with talent and people without talent. Sunday league yeah. football is a bit for everyone. How, how important is it that we maintain that relaxed feel about it? Obviously, it's getting quite serious with uh, with new leagues being created and and the elite in, in inverted commas 
uh, being taken from various leagues to create this super league. I'm going to main- maintain it. It feels like a closed door to most yeah. teams. How, is is that damaging for the overall game? I, I'm, I'm going to. I think I don't think it is. Um, but is it important that we yeah. maintain that grassroots public? I league? think me and you have disagreed on this a couple of times, haven't we? There's been sort of that thing said about should we have only three players from a certain step or yeah. above allowed to play? And I'm actually a fan of it. I think it would spread okay. the talent a bit more evenly mm. um, rather than sort of everyone going to, say, like NSC Dons or Amber Full Stars or someone. Them getting, it would spread it a bit more evenly and would potentially give those teams, like me, like our team, a clap of yeah. wonders. Say if we drew a team like that in a cup, even though we're playing different cups, if we drew a team like that in a cup, a little bit more of a chance of actually going on a decent cup run in a decent sort of tournament. Yeah. But I'd also get the points you serve out, actually. Well, Paul's, Paul's team is actually in a specific league. We won't mention them. I don't want to slag them off, but I think I know a couple of local leagues to us um, have tried to implement this um, step six sort of or above rule. Uh, Paul, you've got players that play at a good level. Y- yourself, you'll be signed, for instance, to um, a step six club. Um, meaning that potentially you won't be able to play for your own team on a, on a Sunday. Um, how do you take that one? This is again, this is, again, this is just a side note um, chatting about this, but that's going to affect the, the um, available players that you're going to be able to recruit next season. Yeah, I mean, he's using me own. I understand why the league wants to do it because they want us to be more competitive, but grassroots football was for everyone, you know, doesn't matter what step they are, some of them are, are mates and long-standing mates mm. we've had. And all they want to do is play regardless of ability, whether one plays in a step six and one bloke hasn't played football for three years. Mm. You know, um, the the league has implementing no one higher than step six, but then they start to put they're trying to put a caveat on it, saying, Well, if you haven't played for the team for 20 odd days, then you're eligible to play in the league, which how are they going to police that? How are they going to police that? Well, that's, I, I, yeah. I, I, that's I don't know. It's either, it's either it has to be black or white. Yeah, it has to yeah. be black or white. It has to be a binary decision. You can't just yeah. say 20 days. I mean, bloody hell. Why they 20 days it. as well? No. You know, and like, like, like Dan said, I wouldn't mind if they put a cap on it because that make it easier. You know, and if you're saying that one person from step six is going to make a, an absolute difference, then, you know, good luck to you. But... <laughs> oh, maybe you know three, like you said, three, you know three players, you know at step six level, and at any one game or match day might do it. But yeah, we, we've got a player who plays in goal for a step six team, but he plays out on pitch for us on a Sunday. Mm. You know mm. that he, because he doesn't want to play his Sunday is his relaxing day. He wants mm-hmm. to play with his mates. You know the other boy. You know he's. His team's played a couple of times. He hasn't made the match day squad fully. You know, does that now stop him from playing for me? <laughs> and he hasn't played, and he won't play a game all season, uh, all yeah. week. Yeah. You know, so it, it is difficult. I don't, I don't like the rule that there's no step six. Maybe you have a certain limit, and you know, if players of that caliber want to go and play in a much higher league, then there is these elite teams, elite divisions, elite leagues that they can go and play with and play within. I think. Agreed. I think the Southern Sunday will always be football for all, unless you're contracted. I think uh, Graham is pretty uh, unanimous on on that thought that he he wants everyone to be 
welcomed to um the southern sunday and the pitch some of the pitches that you guys have to suffer over yeah. there probably, probably a leveler for those sick those yeah. um those flush saturday boys anyway right the next one the costs and that the pitches are actually um going to be the oh, there was a big here. one with clapham weren't there recently yeah um graham did a fantastic job talking the council down from increasing their um prices um, we don't see leagues really doing that or not not outwardly um, like the Southern Sunday have done. Um, what are the biggest prohibitive costs to running a football team? We know all the setup costs, so that's all fixed. And I know it may well be expensive kits. You can get as kit as cheaply or as more as expensively as you as you want to. Uh, but boys, when it comes to running a football team, uh, what are the costs that you sort of need to keep a handle on to to maintain the the, the 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 team for the season. Um, uh, for, for us, if you want to be a team that trains, I think training is an absolute costing ball ache. Yeah, what, what is it? Eighty pound an hour at goals or something? Yeah, it's yeah, that's at goals. And like we even like we managed to find somewhere. And this is you know if you're Sunday league, you, you can't ask everyone to commit to even like an evening a week and a Sunday a week. It's, it's a lot. People work yeah. all through the week. It's Sunday yeah. league. We're not paying them. They're paying us. Yeah. So if, if you went and block booked somewhere, even if it was 60 quid a week, you block booked for 10 weeks, 600 quid. And in two, three weeks, you don't get enough numbers to put a session on. You're down mm. for me training. And we've, we've gone to now we've just created a seven aside team. So rather than have training, we know hundred percent will guarantee at least seven every week. Yeah. So we've got just gone to a seven aside league now. That yeah, seems to be to that's a that's a that's a trend that I really like that people are doing. So they're entering. I don't know. I don't want to give anyone advertising that doesn't sponsor the podcast. But your goals or your power leagues or whatever, go and, and you enter a team into these tournaments and and I know Essie Dons and Under the Radar and the Peoples and all that put all their five side games on YouTube. It's becoming a thing, um, but it's a really effective way to keep that core of players together. And as you say, Dan. Seven players, it's probably an easier number to get to yeah. training. And if you get 11 turn up, then at least you've got four subs for your game. Well, I know. I just, we just, we just, I, I mix it up. So if three players that weren't available last week, they'll just play that week. We just mix it up and let whoever play, whoever comes along, really. I'm not sure many Sunday teams do actually formally train. Uh, Paul, is that something you guys are going to get into? No, nah, because you play Saturdays. If players play Saturdays as well, it's not like the training for your Sundays is going to be um, fitness work or anything like that. People should be doing their own bits. If you if you're turning up to football training once once a week for an hour, and that's your one fitness bit of work before your game on a Sunday, you're doing something wrong. But yeah, uh, is it is that a cost thing, Paul, or is it just that players don't fancy training? No, we just don't fancy training to be honest. You know, we're a, we're a Sunday Sunday team. I said most. Some players play on a Saturday, you know, so they might even train for their own Saturday team. Or play midweek. The week. Yeah, or play midweek. You know, sometimes we had midweek games last year. So that was kind of our training. Um, but, you know, as I said, we're kind of the sort of the more mature players, which we've all got families, you know, so we've got kids, you know, by the time you get home, your kids are home from work, you're tired, you want to spend time with them. You know, you don't really want to be rushing off at seven o'clock at night to train for an hour no. and everything. You know, we're just happy to turn up on a Sunday, play our football and, you know, enjoy whatever entertainment, wherever we are, 
for that. Saturday, you know, if you want to train on Sundays, I presume you're going to be in the top higher leagues, you know, but we, we, we don't. We're just happy to turn up on Sunday as mates, play football, have a kick around, and then sort of enjoy the social bit afterwards. That's the way. So training, yeah, I think that that is a, that if you if you can afford to train as a Sunday team, you're in a good position. Any other any other costs, and as I say, the, the Southern Sunday have helped their team save a significant amount of money by opening uh, dialogue with their local, with Lambeth Council, especially Clapham Wanderers. You must, you guys must play on the famous um, uh, Clapham Common. Um, but yeah, obviously, and you, Paul, as well, obviously you're at, uh, you'll be at the co-op or at Elton Town. Yeah, we're at Baldham. We we did start at um, Charlton Park at the beginning of last year, um, but they put their prices up. You know, it wasn't maintained. There was big divot holes. Yeah, everywhere. You know, and the safety of the players then become paramount. You know, we played there. The ball's bouncing up. Someone's turning their ankles. The amount of injuries I heard pre-season, even. There, it was ridiculous. So they put, they even put the prices up. And I was like, well, it's Charlton Park. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew Charlton Park was, you know, was a cheap place. If you can't get a pitch anywhere, you go to Charlton Park. Yeah. So this year, we're fortunately, we're, we're at Baldwin and Baldwin's allowing us to sort of use their, their pitches and, you know, the dry, but they didn't have any divots in. No. Uh, and Clapham Common. Uh, for Clapham Wanderers is is that the home the home of football in South West oh. London <laughs> we're not there anymore oh. we've uh, yeah we might have a little rebranding maybe next year but no we moved uh, the pitches were so bad we moved to Wimbledon Commons extensions for a bit right okay because and those pitches are really nice and then we moved to um, uh, Rains Park now because it's a bit easier for people to get to because we've got people coming from Brixton from Lambeth from all over the place um, but yeah the prices for Clapham Common are brilliant put your own nets up Thirty-five pound. That's all it was. Yeah, I mean, this is mad. And then Paul's oh, eyebrows have the raised there. Go- the amount it was going up by though was absolutely mental. <laughs> Thirty-five pound. I mean, with your ref on top of that, seventy-five pound match day. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's a fantastic price to be paying, and in London, uh, unheard unheard of. Yeah. But those pitches are absolutely atrocious. Yeah, fair. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, you, you said earlier about it being a bit of a leveler, and we had a game. Do you know Royal Southwark? Yeah, yeah, we beat them in the cup two years ago. Massive result. And our Saturday lad that I was telling you about, he looked around the pitch at kickoff and he went, "Good Dan, they're a bloody good team." <laughs> so he obviously recognised a few of the Saturday lads, yeah. and we beat them on penalties. And if you looked at the video they put up, I think two of the goals were them back passes, them missing a ball because it bobbled over the Clapham Common pitch. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of get what you pay for. You do. But um, yeah, I, I just wanted to give um, Graham, a, Graham a bit of a shout out for Absolutely. the work he did for um, talking to the councils. Not many not many leagues do that or get involved with the councils. Um, but I know uh, Graham has petitioned um, the councils on many an occasion regarding the COVID with the toilet situation uh, over tell you, mate, you said about giving him a shout and without sounding like a complete kiss ass <laughs> he does go the extra mile he does he really does with with councils with with anything you need of him really I could message him about anything and he'd, he'd always try and help me out as good as possible so yeah good to give him a good shout out to be fair it is um, equipment we've had we've talked let's talk about equipment should I say uh, any sort of suppliers of footballs or anything that you guys 
use or want to shout out to people. Uh, value is the um, is the key, I guess. Quality, balancing the quality with the price. I know we could all go out and spend a hundred pound a ball to get ourselves the Premiership, the Prem Division, uh, footballs and all that stuff. Um, but any particular suppliers for footballs um, or or match stuff that you guys use? What's your? Do you have a budget? Do you do all that stuff with chartered? Uh, you chartered standard clubs? Do you do or credited or whatever it's called? Do you do your budgets and put equipment stuff aside, or is it just ad hoc as and when you need it? Paul, um, for us, it's it's all had ad hoc. You know, we lose so many footballs in a in, in a game. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we don't have a budget. If if it needs if the balls that needs to be purchased, we'll purchase it. We don't have any preferred suppliers. I mean, we've been sent a few suppliers in. Um, but you know, you'll find out during the season you probably get deals for a few footballs anyway. Um, if you do buy footballs, I don't have the storage at home to keep them anyway, you know. So some of the lads put some in their boots, <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll take a couple home, and, and that's about it. But yeah, we don't have any budgets for the footballs, we don't, as I said, we don't do training, so we don't, we don't really have sort of the, the cones and, and the stuff. Players that have come from previous clubs who have managed have bought stuff over. So Nick, Nick stuff from their old clubs, you mean? Cones and all that. But, but, well, I wouldn't say Nick stuff, you know. But they were <laughs> managers, I'm supposing. You know. um, none of them had footballs, though. Um, but, yeah, it all come over from when people sort of were managing other teams. And, you know, fortunately, Borden have got a sort of big network as well. If I needed a couple of footballs, then... Borden would sort of throw a couple over my way and sort of give them back. But yeah, there's no sort of budget-wise. We're running on the team that we just turn up, pay our fees in the, at the game and, you know, not making anything too big in the in the budget because at the end of the day, all we can do is just play football. Uh, that's, I mean, that's quintessentially Sunday League football. Dan, are you along the same lines with that? If you need it, you <coughs> get it? Or do you plan? Do you try and plan these things for uh, the season? We, we normally, beginning of the season, we, we sort of charge a signing on fee as well, which covers the affiliation costs and allows us a little bit of money to, to top up on anything we need. But you know, one of the things which, um, you know, at the uh, AGM, Graham does like this raffle and he picks like those six, seven teams. And this this time you've got a chance to win a football or, or the medical bag. And I was the only fucker in there going, medical bag, medical bag. <laughs> I want a medical bag. Everyone that got one before me, they picked the footballs, picked the footballs. And I've got the medical bag as well, I think. But yeah, something like a medical bag, what's that, 30 quid? And it's so important to have something yeah. like a medical bag. Something that like, you wouldn't think about when I first started. I didn't think I'd need to be paying 30 quid for a medical bag every six months to a year or whatever. Yeah, the magic sponge doesn't really help serious injuries. Not, not, not for broken leg anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's good and and good on the league uh, for doing that. Uh, I don't know if the Met, the Met League probably leagues probably do something like that similar. Uh, they have raffles and all that at their, at their league meetings to help the teams out uh, in some way. Um, talking about raffles and fundraising, on to the next section: fundraising. So when the money is tight, obviously we've had a show about sponsors, so. Um, we don't need to delve too much into into seeking sponsorship, but when you do need to raise funds, it sounds like Paul, you guys probably just have a word around your team uh, and say we need to get this. Can everyone stick twenty quid in or whatever? Which is the old school way of doing it. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth though, but is that is that how it happens at at, at Borden Sports now? Yeah, 
Uh, for, for us, yeah, you know, we're kind of self-run. You know, we're, we're fortunate we have sponsors who help us, advertise us, but I don't really ask them for money-wise. It's more trying to promote it. Um, we've got a kit. We've got sponsored for the kit, which was which was great. Um, they bought their own track suits, which is great. So if we needed something, um, I'd just say, lads, look, this is how much it's going to cost. And everyone's all quite happy to pitch straight in, you know, fees for County Cup games or, you know, if you want to go to the County Cup, lads, yeah, it's going to cost X amount of pounds. You know, would you do? Do you think it's important? In and then on our sub. Sorry, mate. Do you think it's important that your players understand how much things cost? This is something that we got, we spoke about on the sponsorship show. Do you think it's important that players understand where their tenor goes? Because they might just see it going in in your pocket or it might be going in Dan's pocket and they don't quite understand what am I paying a tenner for? What am I, I've turned up for an hour's worth of football or 75 minutes, so 90 minutes of football. What's going on with the money? Do you think it's important to share how much things cost with players so there's a bit more appreciation on on, on how important those £10 are to players, uh, to clubs? We've had out, you know, as I said, you know, players are, we're charging players money, you know, and like anything, you want to know what you get for your money. Um, they want to, not to say they want to see, but, you know, I'll say to them, this is how much it's costing the season. Each game, as you know, we film our games, you know, we've got like photographers, we've got paid pitch fees, we've got paid referees. So that's broken down, you know, any receipts I have, we'll always put it in sort of the group chat. So it's all kind of very transparent mm-hmm. where it's going. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is kind of say, well, we've, you've got 50 quid in the game. Where is it? Mm. You know, at least you can show, look, you know, at the match day, you know, I've got an envelope. Here's all the cash that's been collected. Um, I've, I've got a spreadsheet. Every single game, players paid, what they've done, mm. where the money is. So it's, it's all transparent. Mm. I think when you have things like that, players respond well to it. Rather than if you don't show where it goes, then they'll start asking the questions. And sometimes it's not that you're hiding anything, but sometimes it's awkward to show where things have gone if you yeah. don't have the proof to show what you've paid out for. Yeah, Dan, you're nodding to a lot of that. Do you think that transparency yeah, is no, important? Do you know what? We're, we're not, no, we're not as transparent. I'm kind of thinking, well, take some, to maybe take some. We've never been... Me, Gift, who's like the treasurer, I, I don't even have the club's account card on me because I just don't want anything to do with it. So Gift, who deals with all the money and finances and stuff, he's on top of kind of everything. And I think we, we're we never left wanting. So the players, hopefully, or I've never been asked what's happened to our money. I've, ne- not, no, nothing, I've never been questioned in terms of where my subs are going, because I don't know, we're all, we go in as many cups as we can. We've always got a medical kit. We've always got footballs. We've always got a decent kit. So I've never, never kind of had that question, but I can guarantee them all by the end of the season, we have little to nothing <laughs> in the bank. <laughs> well, as long but, as it uh, wipes his face every season, I guess that's the important bit. If you've got too much yeah. surplus, then um, you've probably been overcharging your players or yeah, you've over budgeted. If you have a surplus, you can afford to buy a few rounds at the uh, end yeah. of the season awards, can't you, you know? That's right. You can get your awards uh, from Awards FC at the end of yes, each exactly. season. The Supreme Graving trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Them too. Uh, very good trophies available to everyone. Uh, boys, yeah. in the last section, I think this is quite important because you're both, um, Paul, you've been around uh, the uh, West Valley. You may have even played in the Southern Sunday at some stage, Paul, because I know you're from near, you've, you've spent some time over that part of the world in in the posh bit of London, haven't you? 
Yeah, I was. Um, I played in. Uh, was it Leatherhead, the Chesington League, and you know, all over Surrey when I was a little bit younger. Um, okay. and then I played over sort of South London wise. So yeah, I've, I've I've been around a few leagues as it is. How important is picking the right league for your team? It it can make or break you if you pick the wrong team. That's uh, the wrong league. Sorry, that's overly, perhaps overly. Um, interested in finding teams, not working with teams, not having an open dialogue with teams. I know that's not the case for the Clapham Wanderers boys, but Paul, you've recently started your, your new team. You've decided to stay with the Met League. Why, why was that important to you to, to keep that continuity uh, within the same league? Um, I think, the, you know, we when we first joined the Met, we wanted to do something and have our own name to it. And we won Division 2 last year. We want to try and win Division 1 this year and work our way up the leagues. Uh, we played a team last year in the Prem, Brixton. We mm-hmm. only lost 4 nil to them, you know, which I think was a great result considering where we were and we were as a team. And we would like to sort of build our legacy, I suppose, through a league. If it gets to a stage where we feel we can't do much more in that league, then we'll, we'll look elsewhere but at the moment I think the players are quite happy to win what we can in that league go as far as we can if we find it's not challenging or something's not right then we'll look at other leagues I know other leagues are very more strict on their rules and that but that's how some leagues have become very popular and very good you mentioned the word you know, legacy, legacy, Paul. Is that should that be important to Sunday League teams, or is we've seen lots of teams chopping and changing where they play their football, be it for to have a slightly easier run of game, run of um, opponents. We've seen teams thinking that's the case, or moving to other leagues to think because they've come from a strict league to what's perceived as a softer league, and it hasn't ended up being that way. But is legacy something that? we should be aiming towards Dan. Sorry, let's go with you, Dan. Is legacy important mm-hmm. in Sunday League or is it just playing where you enjoy it? That's the deal. Do you know what? It's a tough question. It depends on who's leading your club and how they want it led, I guess. There's lots of people that want to be at the top of everything they do and want to be um, successful and will take success over kind of, sort of happiness and stuff. And I went like that. I messaged you and we went down last game of the season and said, you know, I'd rather have gone down with the group that we had. it's Some people will say, oh, that's a bad attitude or whatever. But for me, Sunday League, personally, I'd rather go down with a group of friends with morale good. That last day of the season, everyone sat at the edge. I was able to say, I'm proud of you all. And we were happy. And we had a good turnout for the end of the season awards. You know, it was almost as if it didn't happen. And mm. for me, I'd rather have, and not worry too much about legacy. It's nice to create a bit. Of, everyone wants a bit of that in their life, don't they? But I'd rather have that. But I completely get why some people would want to be remembered as like, moving across leagues, being big, being the best. And I, I, I do get I get it, but it's not for me. Paul, legacy. Sorry, mate. I'll I, I let Dan have a, have a chat there for a minute. But legacy for you, is that is that the be all and end all? Do you want to see your the Balden name going on the Division 2, 1, Senior and Prem? I don't know how they do it over there, but do you want to yeah. see the Balden name on each of the divisions before moving on? Uh, that's that would be our plan. How long it will take, I I don't know. It's a group of players together who have the will to win. You know, I'm quite fortunate that they, you know, we've all got a bit of something about us to play football still, um, and we would want to sort of go win as much as we can. 
we lose, we lose. You know, it's part of football. What, what's the old saying? Win and lose on the booze. Yep. You know, it's part. It's, a, it's, it's, it's Sunday football. You're not Saturday. Some people take their Sunday serious more than Saturdays. But Sundays was always for waking up, getting to a game for half past nine. Some people are either steaming drunk still, hungover. People want to get away from the kids, the, the missus, just even for an hour, hour and a half, you know. And there's fortunately people and players that are, who can still play football and want to do that. So legacy, we want to win, obviously, as much as we can. If we lose, we lose. We, we lost a few games last year. And, you know, we took it on a chin. We won some, we lose some. But, you know, for us, we want to try and win what we can. Um, because you know, I don't think if you want to enter a game where you're gonna, you think you're losing, then I don't think that's the enjoyment of football. No. You know, mm-hmm. there's some teams last year in... In Westford, that were getting you know proper hammered, and they carried on throughout the whole season. Their their results improved, and you know you got nothing but high praise for them. Yeah, you can you only know, you can only the, praise those lads teams. Who just want to go and play football. Yeah. I'm not sure. I could, I'm not sure I could you know, be at the receiving end of eight ins and nine ins and twenty nils, and yeah. and keep going. I don't think I like football that much to keep going under those circumstances. But yeah, there were some teams that received some absolute batterings um but kept going and yeah as i say better they're better they're better um football people than me because i wouldn't have kept going uh, if that was the case dan why why oh yeah so the legacy go on on, paul go on paul mate i think we're a bit behind each other so the the legacy you know as much as much as you know we want to win it's just point of getting everyone out on a sunday morning to, to, to play football and you know fortunately we're now doing it under a bigger umbrella and a more um, structured southern club than maybe it was before absolutely uh, and good luck to you uh, and all the boys as I say some familiar faces for uh, the people's um, viewers uh, now going under as I say it's hard to argue that they are one of the most successful uh, clubs with a growing youth section and all that now Borden Sports are a fantastic team uh, good luck with that, Paul. Uh, Dan, why is choosing the league um, so important? You're with your work. You're within one of the most supportive um, leagues in in London, the biggest Sunday league in London. I want to say I'm not sure if that's in terms just, of numbers. In terms of numbers, I think so. Yeah, in numbers. What? Why is it so important to pick that league and and to get yourself um, started the the right way? You know, in terms of. Um... It's not easy running a football team. <laughs> it's quite stressful, you know. There's so much to do, so much to sort out, and um, I don't know. You, it's a bit like choosing where you work. You could go and work for a bigger, better company, get paid a little bit more, even though we're not getting paid. But metaphorically, get paid a little bit more in terms of likes and whatever. Um, but if you're not getting support and you're not being, you know, listened to, you wouldn't want to be there, would you? No. Um, so having, yeah, I'll say it again without being a kiss ass, but having someone like Graham and Mark and the whole board there, to be fair, Trisha and everyone else, um, there to support you. Like I would, I wouldn't leave it for the world. I wouldn't leave it for <laughs> the the ODBSF or whatever it's called. Could offer me a place in the prem and two hundred quid a week, <laughs> and I wouldn't leave it because you know I've got all the support I need, and we're really happy where we are and stuff. It's just, yeah, you wouldn't move somewhere in your workplace and be unhappy, would you? Absolutely not. And yeah, I think um, adding the Southern Sunday to our coverage has been a breath of fresh air and having lots of sort of conversations with Graham uh, on and off of Mike. I know um, how proud he is of the league and how hard he works 
Um, so you can only only praise the man as as much as I don't want to keep doing it like you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know how hard he works and how much he appreciates good teams uh, that put that put that put the effort in. Uh, yeah. So lads, we're we're closing down on the seasons uh, as the season for the season twenty two. 23 season uh, is about where are we about a month away I think by um, by date what are your expectations for your club for next season Dan let's start with you the relegation has, has been confirmed you're dropping down a level so you should be strong right yeah well we, we got promoted from that division a few years ago players we've got are not anywhere near as that's we've really got a better level of players like I said it was completely due to morale and due to things that happened. I'd like to say we bounce back up, but I know for a fact the two teams that came, joined the division from Division 6, did so very strongly. And it's kind of Sunday league levels, If you, unless you're in a Prem or a Championship. Oh, is that is that the Argentina and Poplar? Yeah. Oh, so you're, joined, you, you're both going to be in Division 5 with them. That's right. And, and Yeah, and you know what I mean? The Sunday league, from about the second division to the sixth division there's not a load of like wiggle room in terms of quality so I can imagine them two are going to be really strong again Um, but like I said we finished with three wins out of four against some good teams so I'd like us to be in that race if I'm honest but yeah is the league the the focus or is it do you like a cup final I like a cup run but we never get one (laughs) 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 it'd be nice (laughs) yeah we always get we always enter into as many cups as we can which I think Probably Graham doesn't love, but we always enter into sort of the Surrey and the London and whatever else we can. Uh, so yeah, Cup run would be nice, but yeah. Paul, league title confirmed last season. Your name's on the trophy. Uh, is it trying to keep that momentum going next season with the league, or is it trying to add another, trying to add perhaps a cup to that um, to that trophy cabinet next year as well? Um, I've I've said to the boys, I would like the league. You know, because we want to try and, you know, play and get as high as we can before we get to Vets standard. Um, but when there's a lot of cup finals towards the end of the season, a lot of the boys looked at it with, you know, envy and thought, mm. you know, that it's, the cup finals is a day out, isn't it? You know, the mm-hmm. whole build up. Mm-hmm. And they would like to get to a cup final. Now, as I said, it's one of the hardest things to get to a cup final. You've got so many good teams, so many different leagues to play there. League is what I would like, and maybe to a cup final and have a cup run, you know. But I'm playing football with all my mates, <laughs> I don't care, I'm a winner all round, yeah. you know. I see all my mates socially, and that 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 that's more than winning leagues and anything to me. Exactly, as long as the beer is cold after the game, who cares really what happened <laughs> for that 90 minutes? As long as you get the 90 minutes, the result is forgotten by around <laughs> about three o'clock when that third or fourth punt hits anyway so who cares (laughs) Uh, boys thank you for joining me uh, on our third how to how to uh, manage a Sunday league team perhaps we haven't it could could have potentially been called how not to well how not to yeah (laughs) Yeah. how to do it so relaxed that there's not really a a massive amount of advice to give but I mean I think that's the beauty of Sunday league that you get teams that do it all properly and turn up and the teams are in full tracksuits with cones and they're doing a full warm-up before the game uh, and they may be good, they may not be good or you get teams that have a notepad and that's the spreadsheet and that's how they manage the club and it's successful as well and um, 
yeah, that Sunday league in a, in a nutshell. And, and that's fantastic. Uh, thank you boys for joining. I just want to shout out. We've seen hot off the press before we um, released the podcast at Wimbledon town, sadly from uh, the seven Sunday have folded unbelievably. And as we say about teams that are run, are run well, I think yeah. they're a standout team in the Southern Sunday uh, in terms of their organization and their, their, their sort of board members help the league mm-hmm. out in terms of organization as well. Uh, Dan, probably more focused on you, this question, but that's mm-hmm. a real shame. And, and we don't like to see teams nine years. They've been going, uh, a yeah. Prem Division team in the Southern Sunday. That's sad going into the new season. It is. Uh, there probably wouldn't be a team you could put ahead of them in terms of me being as shocked as I was. Like you said about how well run they are, how well kind of known they are. The, I don't know. Uh, I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine Graham's got veins down the side of his neck tonight. Yeah, he didn't text <laughs> me back. He didn't text no. me back. So. Uh, I only imagine you threw the phone at the wall. Yeah, they're going to be a massive, massive miss. To be fair, and I was yeah, like you said, super shocked. But suddenly it could be, could be a number of things, couldn't it? Struggling to find players, didn't you know, struggled a bit last year, if I remember correctly, in terms yeah. of results. But like I said, you know, you can always ask to drop down the league or two if that's kind of how things are. If that's really what's bothering you, but yeah, no, be massively missed. Just a reminder that even the best run clubs. Yeah. And they were one of the best run clubs in the Southern Sunday struggle. So if you are struggling, reach out to your club second, your league secretary or your club rep or whoever, whoever that person is when you, within your organizations, reach out, speak to them, tell them you're having problems. League people will know which other teams are likely to fold and they may put you together. We do like a merger on the yeah. Silk Grassroots podcast. Well, and- I mean, I mean, to be fair, Graham has been doing a lot of that. There's been a lot of emails flying around recently about, Teams needing players, to, and we've had a few mergers recently, so he's doing a lot of that as well, which is really good. And I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that Graham's doing yeah. that. Um, we like to see that. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to those people at Wimbledon Town because I know, mm. um, it's a good club, even the likes of um, the superstar Tabriz from the amateur footballer. I think he's even worn the shirt of um, Wimbledon Town yeah. At, yeah. at one stage, uh, or another, but guys. Thanks for your time, Dan. It's been Cheers, fantastic. Andrew. And we'll speak a lot next season as you as you yeah. join our predictions pundit um, podcast <laughs> uh, next season. Paul, as always, I'll see you at our next game uh, for the Silk 11 and in the group, mate. It's been um, really good to speak to you, to get you on the podcast. And I'll see you all again soon. Lovely. Cheers, mate. I love you. Cheers, Paul. Searching for players? Searching for clubs? Find players and clubs near you right now on MatchHark. Playing football could never be easier. Download MatchHark on Google Play or visit our website at matchhark.com. Truly a great match. MatchHark. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.